Hi, my name is Ozzy Jorak. I'm the host of OzBuzz, where we interview eclectic, interesting people in and around the real estate umbrella. And today I'm really pleased and honored to have with us Mr. Victoria from Victoria, certainly known uh, for years and years as the top realtor and and uh, and entrepreneur extraordinaire in Victoria. He and his wife run a great real estate company, but he's also been a developer. A few years he went into development, and you started the building apartment uh, in Langford in uh, 2014. What brought that on? Um, actually, the the way it happened was that Sherry and I sat down at the beginning of January in 2014, and we wanted to figure out what we needed for income in retirement. And we wrote down, this is the amount that we want to have. And it kind of created uh, a, a tension. Like a, uh, a, a, I use a lot of Robert Fritz's stuff. He wrote the book called The Path of Least Resistance and tension seeks resolution. So we set this tension about, we want to have this amount of income, you know, when we retire. And I think that drove Sherry to go and call a builder client of hers that she was working with in Langford, who was building an apartment building and said, can, you know, we talk to you about, you know, possibly owning an apartment building one day. That was our idea that someday in the future, we would own an apartment building. So the builder came back to us about a week or 10 days later and said, why don't we build you one? And we went, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and not knowing any, I mean, we'd never built a house before. I'd never built a shed before. So um, building an apartment building was was a, a, a scary proposition. And the first um, opportunity that they pitched to us was a 60 unit building. Wow. And we went, no. <laughs> kind of scary. You know? <laughs> no. I'm not doing that. And the second opportunity they pitched to us was a 20-unit building. And because they pitched us a 60-unit first and a 20-unit second, we thought, well, 20, no problem. Yeah, I could do 20. <laughs> so And so you did. So we did. You know, and and we made, you know, like three or four six-figure mistakes on that first building. Um and which kind of cut into the profit a little bit. Um, but then we did it again. And and on the second building, we didn't make those mistakes. Right. Uh, that was a 30-unit building. And then we did a third building. And that was 63, 64 units. And, you know, it it worked out. There's um, something but, that I, I really believe in. We're always saying, you know, you've got to watch other people and learn from other people's mistakes. And I think that is really wrong. You really only learn from your own mistakes. And then they really count, you know, in their matter. Yeah. And they hurt more. <laughs> <laughs> Other people's mistakes don't hurt that much. Mine do. You know. So now I, I, I think though you stopped, uh, you know, uh, and you're now looking at yourself as an author and a developer of great ideas and you're an AI expert. And I think you have something people don't know that yet. And I'm hopefully can allow to share it, but you're going to be writing courses online. I'll be one of the first ones signing up, but do you have any any deals on the go now then? We we just finished um a land assembly in Langford. Um and if I can back up a little bit, I'm I'm not 
I don't think I'm an overly positive person by nature. So when we built the first building, I'm thinking, you know, here's the market. The market goes like this, right? Yeah. Over the long term. And I'm thinking, you know, it's like a roller coaster going tick, 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 up to the first thing, right? And so the first building were we're okay. And the second building, tick, 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 tick. And I'm thinking, okay, we're we're okay here now still. And then the third building, I'm going tick, 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 tick. And I'm thinking, we're we're, you know, at some point it's gonna go like that. Yeah. And we ended up selling the first three buildings, and then we ended up buying another piece of property, which was a duplex, to to build a a twenty a smaller twenty four unit building again. And then the neighbors came to us and said, "Well, we don't want to be in a construction zone. Will you buy our properties?" And we went, "Okay." And then so th th that one property became three, and then it became four, and then it became five, and then that development became two 12-story towers. So you start with a 60-unit <laughs> building, a 20-unit building, and now two 12-story towers. And the neighbors had a fit. Hmm. And they went, we don't want this in our neighborhood at all. And they organized... And they went to council and they had petitions and they had websites with our names on them going, those are bad people. They're trying to build, you know, these towers that don't fit on our street, et cetera. And in at the time, I thought that was terrible. And now I think it's fantastic because that took us out of building. We went from 12 story towers down to six and we decided we couldn't really make the numbers work with that. And we had a partner that was kind of went out of the deal. And we went, let's just get out of this thing. So we sold that site to somebody else. And, and then the I'm market. so glad we did. Yeah, we would be dead today if yeah. we were mid-build with those two six or two 12-story towers. You no, know, that's what people don't realize is, you know, people seeing these big bad developers that are making all this money. Developers taken a huge risk every time. And particularly now, when you look at the government is involved, now the government realized we haven't built anything that we promised or would or created an environment. And now they have all these incentives for us. What do you think about all our incentives? I can't make the numbers work. And even with the incentives, I still kind of can't make the numbers work. So they got rid of the 5% GST on the build. But if I'm making 2% profit on it, and you're giving me now between two and seven, I'm still like, I, I don't like that. Like I like a, a big um, margin of safety. And I can't see that margin of safety there, even with the incentives that they're providing. As an example, um, we invested in a property in out east, and we put uh, several hundred thousand dollars into this uh, apartment building, and we got a cash call last month saying we want another 40% uh, from you, please, because when we originally uh, set up this deal, it it had X percent uh, interest charged by CMHC. It's now more than double that, and we can't make the numbers work. So it's the, the cost of construction, the supply chain issues, the, the, the lending uh, um, 
you know, oh, interest geez. rate stuff. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't make it work. And I don't understand, quite frankly, between you and I, how almost anybody can make it work. Except well, you the, see, it's not people. just here. It's just not here. It's the United States too. There's a lot of investors. Everybody's on a cash call just because of interest rates. Yeah. And you mentioned the GST. First of all, it was only on rental bills. Yeah. And that's one level of government. Good. We have, you know, I've been saying on the radio for forever. Let's do away with this GST. That way, it's fifty to sixty thousand a suite. Maybe the developer can get into profit, and maybe we can build them. But then the city of Vancouver goes and says, "Well, we have to have costs." a new cost for parks, a new cost of this, and they're adding $15,000 a unit, which takes half of the saving of the GS. It's like the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. They're, they're also serving two masters with the with the environmental stuff that they're insisting on yeah. in the builds as well, which I, you know, I understand, you know, that's an, a, a, a very important problem to, to, to address, but, but if you want to build housing, then you have to get you have to stop the friction. As an example, in Victoria, they introduced the missing middle program. And the missing middle is basically uh, duplexes and, and townhouses where somebody can buy a more affordable property and have a yard for the dog, you know, and, and a yard for the kids or the swing set or whatever, which you can't have two or three kids in a condo, two bedroom condo, come on, doesn't work. So they're, the missing middle, is also not the single family home where nobody can afford uh, you know, to buy that in, in Victoria, et cetera. The number of applications for the missing middle program in the first nine months of introduction was exactly zero. <laughs> Why? Why? Because they added on all of these things that you had to do in order to create a triplex or a fourplex on a lot and nobody could make the numbers work. Ceiling Hello. heights, parking, lots of things that, uh, you know, it's all these wish lists. And of course, the developer can just add it. There's no cost to this. It doesn't make sense. What about the whole idea the transit up zoning and the single family zoning? It's all under, it's all under, under attack by the government as well. Yeah. And, and I mean, this is my fantasy. My fantasy is that they have these programs, but they also have a pre-designed, pre-approved duplex, triplex, fourplex, sixplex, eightplex, pre-designed and pre-approved. Yeah. And it's based on the size of the lot. And all you have to do is just say, exactly. we want to build this, buy the lot and go build. And it's pre-approved. The plans are already done. And it might be a box. Yeah. So what? You know, if you look at the Vancouver special, which was kind of a box, sure, you yeah. know, they put it up everywhere and they put it up quickly. And it was and predictable. You... you know, the costs were predictable. Now, the right. BC government is now putting it out. That's what they want and, and give it to, to everybody that wants to build. And they, that's exactly what they do. We haven't seen yet is what it looks like, right. but they're calling it even a maybe a Vancouver special. So maybe they're learning. Yeah. I, I mean, I would hope. I, I if you're a real estate investor, you don't like this market. No. You don't like the fact that you can't build housing. You don't like the fact that there's uh, a, a sh you know, people are scrambling um, to have homes. This is not good. Yeah. You know, and and a lot of people are making landlords and real estate investors and developers out to be bad guys. But we're, you know, 
Like we'd, we'd be happy with a balanced market. I'd be happy with a vibrant middle class, you know? Yeah. And it's scary sometimes when you look at, we, we seem to not have solving the problems. We solve, we solve some of the outcome of the problem, like with the short-term rental crisis. Or now this week, the government came out and, and added uh, everywhere the speculation tax, which is sort of by itself a misnomer, right? But so now Vernon, Coldstream, Penticton, Summerland, Lake Country, and in your area, Cumberland Parks, or Qualicum Beach, Salmonam, they're all now under this umbrella of speculation tax, which which really assumes that all of us are really speculators. They're, they're making us to be, um, you know, some sort of an, an alien in the government, the developer, the owner. Listen, never have a, if I have a nice condo in Vancouver, and let's say I have all my furniture there from 20 years, I have my, my dishes for my parents there. Now I have to rent it. If I wanted to live six months on my Vancouver Island, single family little cottage that I built over 20 years and slapping two by fours there and build it. Now I have to also rent that out. And if I don't do it right, I pay home tax in Vancouver or vacant home tax on the island or both. I mean, what is it? Was I a speculator? I'm doing the Canadian dream. You know? Yeah, it's, I was surprised how far they went with the short-term rental thing. I expected it. I didn't expect that they would undercut the local municipalities and their zoning right. such that um, my one Airbnb that's in a transient zoned rental building um, would, would be uh, under fire. And, un, and, and, you know, that's, that was shocking to me. And it says to me that their next steps could be that if you have a, a basement, you have to turn it into a rental suite in, at your cost. Or if you have a suite in your basement and it's not rented out, too bad you got to rent it out. Like what, where does that kind of stop? So, but, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about, you know, <laughs> you being negative. positive. <laughs> I, I can't think about that. I can't, I can't control this. No. So my question, Ozzy, that I always ask of myself is how do I make this irrelevant? How do I make the problem irrelevant? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and the thing is, so you're not doing anything then in the real estate realm currently? Uh, well, we are. We have three sites that we're looking at rezoning. Um, and then we would, you know, hopefully uh, they they are potential apartment building sites that we would then uh, turn around and sell uh, to a developer. Um, and But we, we don't have uh, the intention of building ourselves at the moment just because we can't we can't make those, that money work. And then aside from that, um, you know, we've got rental properties that we continue to rent out and and they just chug along. And because um, we have people now, they're sort of just evading and hanging on for dear life. We don't want to be in that position because of, you know, mortgage costs and all these uncertainties. It's it's not so much the interest rates themselves. Look, you and I have been in markets where rates were 8% and 9% and 10%. But it's the speed with which these rates went up inside a year and this uncertainty as to the future. Well, so so what are you thinking about the next few years, given sort of the current interest rates and the governments and everything else? Well, I'm in a lucky position that we do have some some capital and we have the ability to raise capital if we need to. And I think it's there's going to be a certain amount of carnage in, in the marketplace when when. Uh, 
mortgages come up for renewal. I mean, it was in the paper the other day that something like 50 to 60% of mortgages are going to be coming due in Canada in the next couple of years. And when they do, the average um, increase in payment per month is going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 44% higher, which means if you had a $3,000 mortgage payment, you're now paying almost $4,500. That is going to be crushing to some people. And according to RBC, that's $184 billion next year and $300 billion in 2025 coming due. So it's right. substantial. So that means there are going to be people that are going to be desperate. They're going to have to sell. Um, I'm not, a, I don't like to be a, a, a bottom feeding shark. Um, but, you know, like if, if prices go down, then, you know, maybe I start looking at buying some further property. Sure. I think the big thing that, that you have to look at is what is your time horizon? You know, like, I don't know if I'm going to be on this planet for three seconds more or 40 years. I have no idea. So I have to think about planning for 40 years, you know, because I could be a hundred, you know, and then, and what do I, how do I want that to look? So if opportunity, you know, you and I know that if you know exactly what you're looking for, you're more likely to see it when it comes along. And so, you know. And the thing is, we, you know, we can look at all of the problems that we're facing, but we've been there, right? In 1990 in the US, a thousand banks closed down, a thousand, right? We've had Russian cruise, Asian crisis, all of the things going on all the time but we have a propensity to model through. We will go through to the other side, but we've got to be like you. You've got to be clever enough to realize that now is not the time to go out there swinging the, swinging the bat uh, at the moon. You know, you have to be cautious and you have to look uh, that it is a crazy environment. I mean, I've always liked your thing about muddling through. I mean, that's not particularly negative. It's just, well, yeah, muddle through, like you make it. I mean, what did Churchill say? You know, if you're going through hell, keep going. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, keep going until you get out of there. Um, and, you know, I, I watch a lot of uh, Charlie Munger, um, Warren yeah. Buffett video, particularly Munger. Munger has this thing about um, mental models, which is fantastic. But one of the things he says is that, you know, him and, and, and Buffett have lost 50% of their portfolio three times. And and the lesson there is that it came back three times. You know, so you have to be have your time horizon way, way out into the future and um, and then be willing to take a punch in the stomach every once in a while. And the problem that I've seen with real estate in investors in particular is that they quit. They go, oh, yeah. this doesn't work. I have a bad tenant. You know, or they start out with a with a suite in their basement where they're living with their tenants, which is always going to be the worst possible scenario because you hear everything and you see everything. Where if if they're on the other side of the city, you know, you don't, um, you don't have to listen to their guitar, or their music, or whatever. Um, and and it, so they have that happen, and then they quit, and they never they never buy another property again. And, you know, we've had all kinds of problems with, with renters and properties and all that sort of stuff, but we just keep going. 
Yeah. And you keep going and it works out. Well, I just had lunch with a group of very young investors and they just bought a house with a basement suite and they're going to move in the basement and then rent the top floor. And I said, no, I mean, you know, you're just newly married or one year married. You want to come home and this is your home. You feel good. You won't feel good being in the basement. And then you hear everything that's going on out there. And you don't even know whether, yeah, but maybe we're paying the mortgage off in 10 years. Well, you don't even know whether you're going to be still married for 10 years in this <laughs> crazy environment, right? Live on the top floor, rent the basement. You know? Well, and that's the that's the newest thing. I think what well, yesterday the government said all new houses have to have a suite. Yeah. Uh, okay. You know, so you have to live with a tenant if you want to buy a new house going forward. Well, the thing is, and in addition to that, the short-term rental is you can have, you can rent it if it's your personal residence plus one unit. So they want us to put in a basement suite. And then now they're also sold as a laneway house. Oh, but either one of them cannot be short-term rental. You have to make a choice. So I spent $70,000 in fees to get an approval for the laneway house. Spend a half a million dollars to build it to make three thousand dollars worth of income. I probably lose a third of my capital, free capital gain exemption on my residence, which is, by the way, nobody talks about when they say, "Oh, you can put four houses on the one." What right. happened to your tax-free capital gain exemption? You, you're an idiot. If they are there for twenty years and you have a million tax-free, think about that, right? So we have all of things going on, have nothing to do with us and our willingness to be a gambling and entrepreneur and all that. It has all to do with what the government is going to do out of the blue, you know? Yeah, so, so, positive. so again, you go back to how do I make this irrelevant? Yeah. How do I make it irrelevant? Well, I need to make, you know, like what whatever it is, how do I make it irrelevant? Because we're, you know, I was thinking today about how incredibly lucky we are or i am i mean i had a i had a coaching call with one of sherry's realtors this morning and before i left our place i sent him a text saying on way right well when could you do that in the past where you could just without a phone you know whatever yeah. just go on way Boom. like took me a second and then i get into my car and before i fire up my car i go you know what i'm running a little late so I'm going to go to my Starbucks app and I'm going to go Fenty, Latte, Large, Boom, Hillside Mall, Bam. And, and so I drive the four minutes to the mall and I walk into Starbucks and I grab my coffee that's already there. And I wave, thank you very much to the barista and off I go to sit down. Yeah. Just with a with a button, with a push of a button, like there's so many things that we have now that make our lives easier. And yet the focus for most people is on the difficulty, not the ease. And it's like focus on the ease. Like what? How can like Sherry has a new listing. So she sends me a point form. The, the 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 listing information and I go into chat GPT and I go please write me a uh, friendly and compelling listing description using this information and chat GPT goes Second. now what's what's interesting about that though Ozzy is that it doesn't have to go no just goes. it's doing that to make me feel better <laughs> yeah because 
otherwise it would just go boom there you are yeah and i go oh. and so it's actually making it easier on me by being stupider and slowing down the 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 offering that it's giving me and and if you actually think about it the the robots in the future will have to be programmed so they don't finish our sentences yeah. <laughs> because they could they're too fast right yeah. they're irritating because they're always so fast they finish your sentences for you and you know like who wants an irritating robot well i think that is so important the other things i just did a i had a real estate office that asked me to tell a realtor what they could do with chat gtp i said first of all don't think of it as a one-shot thing you don't feed in the one letter when that letter is done just write it make it more human and out yeah. comes a more friendly one. Make it more friendly. Make it more business-like. So I took the same letter and put five versions. You think that it's written by totally different people, all aimed at what is it? That, who is that letter going to go to? I mean, when could you do that? I mean, it is, and it literally is seconds because you can take a quick look, and then it asks you because it's learning while you're doing this. As I noticed, I write three letters and ask them to be human. Everything I feed in next after it comes into this human voice and then I write and make it more business-like and up come points, forms and different kind of mind boggling. And I have a program now, you're much further advanced in this AI than I am. I use a program called pictory.ai and I'm already December a year ago. So I was an early adopter, which allows me to talk that converts it into text. Then I read the text and up come all these pictures. I might say the percentage rate in England and Germany is, and up come pictures from Germany and England and a percentage, and I go click, click, click. Takes me a half an hour, sometimes an hour, but it's an hour to have a professional look. Man, the people say, Aussie, he must have a huge number of people doing this. No. Well, and you can do, you can make the thing actually sing, moving pictures and and witty uh, witticisms. Amazing new world. Now, you make money off what you're creating yes yeah like you posted on youtube or wherever podcast apple whatever and you then make money so you are creating from nothing income producing assets yeah and you get a, re a residual so people are watching your video at three o'clock in the morning in singapore right and and it's adding to your total views and at which point at the end of every month you get a check yeah now the barista yeah. at starbucks yeah. who's thinking about making starbucks a unionized you know shop so that they can make more money as opposed to learning from you or mr beast about how to make money online by creating stuff from nothing like literally you could you could do an interview like you're doing now with somebody and post the interview and in some category of information that you have a, a, a natural interest about and you'd be making money well that's the crazy thing is you know you we will take this interview we'll make a both a video and a podcast and if we do all that in a relatively short period of time the thing is that we are in a world that's going at 100 miles an hour. I play a computer game on my phone uh, with my grandson, and, uh, or rather my granddaughter, my daughter, and my wife, and it's called Heyday. And, uh, you know, we are addicted to that. 
in the damn thing. Then I play a computer game, The Clash of Clans, with 30 million other people around the world with my son-in-law. Now you say, well, well, it, yeah, it keeps me occupied and all that, but what it does is it doesn't make us money, but it makes us together. I have a chance to be with the kids and, and with my son-in-law, and in between we can sort of exchange a little note about this and that. We are more connected, you know, by the by the fact that my grandchildren, adult grandchildren are on Facebook, I know what they're doing. You never knew as a grandfather what your 18-year-old was doing. Now, you have to be careful not to get involved. They can't spam. And you might not want to know what they're yeah. doing. <laughs> That's another thing. But if you do, you have to shut up. The moment they find out that you're there, right, they've forgotten about you. But the point is, it's a new world. Well, look, you're a positive guy. How do you stay positive? I, I don't think I was always a positive guy. I, I think that that it's happened over time as a result of just continually increasing and 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 becoming more and like I'm a what I am is a lifetime learner, mm -hmm. which is one of the reasons why I joined your you know real estate action group. Um, it's one of the reasons why what I watch and consume on YouTube are, things that I'm learning and or want to learn. Like I, I, I spend way more time watching those kind of videos and saving them for later so that I can watch um, and learn that stuff that, that I think that's what's made us in part successful. And when you're successful, Hey, the stress goes away a little bit, yeah. you know, like, it, it does help that, you know, you have a certain amount of rental income coming in a month. Sure. Um, and I think the other thing that, um, that helps is, is to stay away from the negative stuff, even if they're right. Yeah. There um, might be a bunch of negative prognosticators out there who are right. Yeah. I don't care. I got enough problems keeping this thing happy without them feeding the negativity. So I, I came up with a thing the other day um, and, and it's a, it's a fable. And, uh, and so here's the, here's the cloud of negativity, right? And I think that there are a bunch of people who are these giraffes and the giraffes that they are, are giraffes that have, perpendicular necks and they're continually always in the cloud of negativity <laughs> and what they don't realize is that there are a bunch of other giraffes that are above the clouds right yeah. where it is always sunny sunny yeah so if you want to get stuff done you've got to stay positive you've got to focus on where you're going and what you want to do and you have to as much as possible ignore the, the negativity, especially the things that you can't do anything about. Well, I can't do anything about what the government does. I can't do anything about that, really, other than vote, right? And that voting thing only takes up a certain amount of my time every two or four years. Aside from that, what am I going to do? Go protest at the, yeah. at the, at the legislature? Uh, maybe. But well, really, it's, I, it's like you quoted Churchill, and Churchill says uh, democracy is the worst kind of government, but it's the best you have, right? So you you work within it, and and you vote within it, as you said. What I really like is what you started out by saying: is to making problems irrelevant. Yeah. 
But, but how do you do that? I mean, maybe 90% of the problems that you think about never happen anyways, but how do you make them irrelevant? Because normally they have a habit of sneaking into your mind as you're not thinking about it. Well, one of the ways that you, um, well, first of all, time will make almost every single problem irrelevant. Um, and so if you think about it from the standpoint of, is this going to be a problem for me in a month or a year, it's going to um, help to, to reframe whatever that problem is. Um, uh, we have an Airbnb um, that is transient zoned that now cannot be um, uh, rented on a on a even a a, a monthly basis. So I'm going to turn it into a a, um, a furnished rental, you know, and rent it out that that way. And I'm going to go find ways to make more money somewhere else yeah. and make that irrelevant. So I'm that's not going to try and butt my head up against that rule. I'm yeah. going to go make money somewhere else and then pay off that mortgage so that it's it's still making income for me and it's still a valuable asset. Well, that's um, true. You know, I talked to a developer who's bought a property in a small town, BC, and he says, you know what? I'm going to take my money and I'm going to Alberta. He's making a problem in He says, I'm not going to go and butt my head and, and yeah. local, local governments are saying they want to help me and I'll not, I don't want to do it. I just, I'm, I'm gone. I so mean, the, the corollary to that is to give people what they want. Like, I don't believe in trying to make, as a salesperson, I don't believe in trying to make somebody buy what I'm selling. I'd rather find the people that want to buy what I'm selling or I want to find out what that person wants to buy and go help them buy it. I, I, and when we were building, we didn't try and make the city of Langford uh, accept our building. I, I mean, it was it was fascinating, Ozzy. We built, like our builder was building on this particular block and we went to Langford and asked them, what do you want? And they told us. <laughs> We had the mayor of Langford in our first building, and he said, well, you know, what we'd like is what you built here on the other side of the street. Yeah. <laughs> so we bought on the other side of the street and built a building there. Like, but you make, it, you make it sound so easy and it's all good luck. No, you were out there wide open to learn and to grow, and that's the key. You're growing into your own future best self with an open heart and an open mind. I mean, you told me the story that you were scared to death the whole way. So, you know, it's a, you know, it's a ma major undertaking. And then slowly you grow into this, the new you. I mean, what people don't realize is what an eclectic individual you are. The books you wrote, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're small books, but everybody should read them. We're going to put the title of the books that he wrote. Which one will you will you uh, will you still sell? Well, the one in, the one that's on Kindle is um, what's stopping you. What's stopping? Um, what a great what is what a great you. book. What's the, the premise of that book? So the basic idea was, <laughs> I was trying to write a book, which was eighteen holes to your goals, and I was stuck. And I went, how, what, what is going on here? I've been working on this book for eight years. I have boxes of material <laughs> that I've been thinking about this book for years. And the reason I had this premise was I knew there was something in the game of golf 
that was a secret because mm -hmm. when I went golfing, I would finish 18 goals in a row. Sure, sure. And so there must be something in that. And, and you know, you have a target and you go from one thing to the next, et cetera, et cetera. But I was stuck. And I went some at one point during the process, I asked myself, you know, what is stop? Like I asked myself, what what is going on? How do I explain the fact that I'm not writing this book? And I just put the the question kind of out into the ether, like a pebble into the into a pond. And I just waited and I didn't know the answer. And the answer came back was, well, maybe you don't want to write books. And I went, huh? Well, maybe that's actually true. So I took out a piece of paper and I wrote down the reasons I didn't want to write books. And, and there were a bunch of reasons. And what it, it occurred to me then was that this was like a gas pedal and a brake pedal. It's yeah. like, I want to write this book. I don't want to write this book. And what happens when you have the gas and the brake pressed down at the same time? Well, your wheels spin. And what was my experience? My wheels were spinning. I was getting nowhere. And so over time, I took this process of inquiry to the brake pedal and said, I don't want to write books because um, I don't want to be criticized. Is that true? You know, can I absolutely know it's true? And I, I would inquire and, and look at this idea. And yeah. I realized, actually, I do want to be criticized because if my writing is criticized, I will become a better writer. Yeah. And so over time, all of the stuff that were reasons for not wanting to write books, the brake pedal came off. Now, what happens when the brake pedal comes off? You just go. And so, you wrote the whole thing very so, quickly after that. So what stopping you got was the first book that I wrote. And then the 18 holes to your goals was the second book that, that I wrote, which I'm going to uh, put on Kindle. And um, we'll have it. Year. We'll have it on the bottom of the screen. And if you listen to, to it on podcast, just come to osbuzz.ca and I'll feature it. The interesting thing was I'll help you with your book launch. And on the way back from the ferry from Victoria, I started leafing through the book and one of the premises was, you know, whenever you say, you know, what's stopping you and you ask yourself, you know, do I like to do this? And you say, I want to do this. And you, you reverse that and you say, I don't want to do this. So I sat there and I thought, I, I want to lose weight. I want to, that's what I want. I want to lose weight. And then I thought, well, he said, it's kind of a crazy premise. He said, turn it around and say, I don't want to lose weight. So I wrote, I do not want to lose weight. When I saw that was a bloody epiphany. <laughs> I really, really didn't want to lose weight. No, and I decided to just stop saying I'm going to lose weight. You know, well, that's one solution. Or you do something about it. But that little book, that that you know, what's stopping you, has rattled the cage of many people in our course and anybody that reads it. So tell me, we're coming closer to the end of our journey here. What else are you working on? Um, I, I'm, I'm very blessed to, um, have seven people that call me Opa. Yeah. And so, um, <laughs> I, I like creating things for them. And so this, this thing will, I'm, I'm wanting to make a, a, a book or a video yeah. about that, like yeah. this, um, um, as a, as a fable, um, 
and uh, you know, working on on some online courses. I want to take my eighteen holster goals and make that into a course, an online course. Perfect. And there, and there are a a bunch of other things that I'd like to make courses about. So that's going to be my focus going forward. And the idea in a way is to make my dependence on my real estate income irrelevant. Yeah. So I, if something happened, some weird catastrophic thing happened to my rental properties, I still have an income coming in from online courses or something like that. Um, so, so that's the the um, the premise. Plus, I love create the creating process. Um, well, the other thing is you're also a great teacher. I think that when when you get on the stage, you, uh, your true self comes out. You know, because you're a born speaker, you can t paint the pictures, and everybody can relate to it. Particularly because you're not sort of a theoretical university graduate telling somebody else's theory. You're actually doing stuff. You're an action taker. You've been a realtor. You've been a writer, you've been a developer, and the sky is the limit from here on in. I look forward to seeing the future teacher of these great courses. I want to sign up for the first one. Everybody that listens uh, or is on video, down below we have, um, Rick will give me the idea where to go on Kindle for the book, and also maybe he'll allow us to put up an email an info email where you can write him uh, with your questions. Rick, I thank you so much for taking the time uh, today and I wish you 18 more great holes of golf and 18 more books. 